Deuteronomy chapter 4, and we'll read it intentionally, starting at verse number 1 and through 20, and then, then we'll get into the message. Verse number 1, there, here Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor, for all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land, whether ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great? Who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And ye came near and stood under the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven, and darkness, with darkness, clouds and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might do them in the land whither ye go over to possess it. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves... For ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun... And the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. And then we'll pause our reading there, but if you were to go on and finish the chapter, you'll see that Moses declares to them, frankly, hey, I'm not going with you guys. The Lord was angry with me because, because he sinned against God and not sanctifying him. And then he tells Israel also that if you do sin against God, you can call out to him and you can repent and he will hear you. And then just again reminds them that, that God has chosen Israel for his people. And then later on in the chapter, he, uh, he designates the, the cities of refuge. 
But in this first uh, part of this chapter, I believe we can see the emphasis on the Word of God above all else. And so we'll dig into that a little bit tonight, and I pray that it'll be a help. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to look into your word. Thank you for the freedom that we do have. Lord, thank you for this uh, set-aside time on a Wednesday night, Lord, right in the middle of a busy week. And Lord, I thank you for these people that have been faithful to, to be here, uh, to, to pause their lives or to just not, to, to take specific time to be here, Lord, during a, a busy work week or school week and uh, time when they could be taking rest. But Lord, I pray that this would be a restful time as we are encouraged in your word. And the Lord challenge us. And as we leave then, Lord, help us to be, um, Lord, yes, refreshed, but also again challenged to emphasize your word even more in our lives. And to know and realize how much we do need you uh, in this day and age. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. So I'm very grateful again for this, this text. And I love just reading through the Bible and studying his word in, in a, on a devotional basis, on a daily basis. And you know how things just kind of jump off the page at you. Just, the Lord just arrests your attention at certain things. And, and this is one of those texts. And as I said, over the last few months, the Lord has been reminding me of this. And so, um, but one thing to remember as we look into the Bible at, at any point in time, and maybe this is a very, um, an obvious reminder. I think of when Peter reminded uh, those that he wrote to, he says, look, I, I remind you of these things, though ye knew them. But he said, I don't want to be negligent by not reminding you of these things that you, know, that you already know. And so I, I would be confident that everyone here tonight would, would know the things that we're, that we're going to talk about tonight, would know the importance of the Word of God. Uh, but it, we, we do well to, to emphasize it nevertheless because we find it emphasized in the Word of God. But the text that we've read, of course, you know, none of us were there that specific day. None of us were there when Moses spoke to Israel, and, and none of us were there at the Mount Horeb when God spoke to the nation of Israel either. But we know that God is still speaking to us through his word because we know that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And that's what Paul told Timothy. And told him that because, and he said, we need the word of God that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Uh, but that also includes every one of us. And so I know that there are things that, you know, we would read this text in Deuteronomy 4 and think, okay, well, yeah, I, I wasn't there and I, I didn't see anything. So what he's specifically saying, great, I, I hope they got the message. <laughs> I hope it worked for them. I hope they understood what he was saying. But no, we know that there are applications here, some principles that we find in this text that's absolutely applied to us, that are necessary for us. And so I encourage us to look at it in that way. And so just kind of walk it through a little bit back in verse number one. He says, now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you. That word hearken is a very unique word. It's, I believe it's a word that is intended to mean not just listen, but listen with the intent of obeying. Listen with the intent of following through with what you've heard. And so he, he wants to get their attention. But not just here, but you notice several times in the text, a few more times where he said, take heed unto yourself. Again, God wants us to pay attention to what's being said. And so Moses is giving the nation of Israel here a reminder of the importance of all that they heard uh, from God that day when they were, those days when they were at Mount Horeb. And when God gave them the Ten Commandments back there in Exodus chapter 20. And he wants to remind them that, yes, that was a, that was a great day when you, you saw a lot of things. You heard a lot of things. But most importantly is the Word of God. And don't let anything else crowd out the importance of the Word of God and what God told you that day, what God told Moses to tell them that day. And so he tells them to, that the, the statutes and judgments that the Lord God gave them, 
He said to them in verse number 6, he says, Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. He lets them know that the word that God gave to you, it's, it should make a difference. It's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to set you apart from all the other nations. Because you know, we, we know the one true God through what he has revealed to us in his word. All the other nations are, are clamoring and guessing and have you know, cultural references, so to speak. And you know, things perhaps with maybe even a, 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 a parallel, so to speak, but not the truth. And that's why they needed to hear the truth from the nation of Israel because they were the ones that received the word of God. And so they, but God clearly tells them that the word of God is going to make a difference in your life. Yes. And just that right there is a good application for us. Folks, living the Word of God and knowing the Word of God should and will make a difference yes. in our lives. Yeah. It makes a difference in how it shapes our thinking. It, make, it makes a difference in it sh- how it shapes our, our actions and things that we do. Uh, a, 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 an application that's not necessarily directly tied to here, but you know, when, when your coworkers wonder, when, when these business owners wonder, you know, why would you put God first as far as the things that you give? Why would you, why would you obey the Word of God by tithing and giving a 10%? Well, it's, it's because God told us to. And I want to honor God with the first fruits of all that I have. And I want to give back to God that which he has supplied to me. And it's a recognition that, you know, everything that I have is, is because of him. So he, he deserves it. So, and so by living that principle in, in your life, it, it sets you apart. And, and people can see how God will then bless you as a result of that. And they see, that's just a small example, but they see the difference that God, God's word makes in our, in our lives. And so that's what Moses is reminding the nation of Israel there. But as he, as he begins to spell this out, of course, he, he tells them that they're to remember the word of God and, and pass it along to the next generation. And we'll, we'll hit that point here in a moment. But I believe that one of the reasons why, Moses, why God wants Moses to emphasize this so much is because, again, there are so many things that, if we're not careful, can, can crowd out the importance of the word of God. And so we must make the word of God a priority above all else. And so the first point I'd like to bring to you tonight is to prioritize God's word Yes, above all else, but specifically prioritize God's word above our experiences, above the things that we have experienced. What we read here, as he just gave a real quick synopsis of the the day when when God spoke to them and gave them the Ten Commandments, he says there that they saw, uh, uh, you know, the Lord spake unto you, look at verse number 12, he said, the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Well, that'd be pretty incredible to see that. I mean, pretty awesome, you know. You heard the voice of the words, but... But saw no similitude, only you heard a voice. Actually, the previous verse, back up, verse 11. It says, And he came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire into the midst of heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. And you heard the voice of the words. But he says, But saw no similitude, only you heard a voice. Well, why would he say that? Why would he emphasize that? Well, let's continue. Let's read it again. He's in verse number 13, continuing on. He says, and he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stones. So he says, yes, there was fire on the mountain and thick, dark smoke, but, but he gave you this, this covenant, the, the ten commandments. He gave those to you, and God is the one who wrote those on two tables of stone. It wasn't something that Moses produced, it was God giving them to him. And then he warns them in verse 14 and 15 to take heed, but especially verse 15, he says, take ye therefore good heed, Unto your, take you therefore good heed unto yourselves. For ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. 
lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image. And then gives all the different types of graven images that he would make. Now, I believe the application for us right here is this, that for them to remember that day, he says, look, guys, you, you heard the word of God. God gave you the Ten Commandments. And of all the things that you saw and experienced that day, not a one of you can claim that oh, I, I saw within the fire, within the smoke, this, this similitude of an image. And, and then from that, what they would, would claim to see would then be you know, uh, driven to, to make an image based on what they saw that day. And totally, you know, negating what they heard from God's word. And imagine the children of Israel around the mountain there and all the different perspectives. And look, we, we know, what, you know, the whole thing you do as, as a kid, especially you look up into the clouds like, oh, what, that, that cloud's the shape of a, you know, fill in the blank, you know. And then you look at it and you say, uh, I don't know what you're looking at, but it, that doesn't look like a shape. That looks like a cloud, you know. Yeah. It doesn't look like the shape of anything. Um, but it really is neat when you see the, the form of, of smoke and the, the form of fire. But God is telling them, like, Israel, you never saw anything unique that day that would cause you to start pursuing that, the experience of that day, over the word of God that you heard that day. And what they would be driven to do. And he specifically tells them not to go make any type of a graven image because that's what, that's what they would be inclined to do. That's what they had already been inclined to do previous to this time. Uh, they had already made, what, a golden calf uh, when Moses went on the, was on the mount. They would already done those things, you know, pursued after something other than God and other than his word. And so he's reminding them of all that, that they had experienced, that all that really mattered is the word of God. And so why does that matter for us? I think, well, in Christianity today, and not just today, but obviously today is in the day and age in which I live is all I know uh, from personal perspective, um, but I think we can be guilty of this at times. I know, I know it's possible for us to perhaps pursue an experience instead of pursue the Word of God. Sure. To emphasize recreating an experience and manufacturing a worship experience instead of focusing on the Word of God and, and, and knowing God and worshiping Him according to His Word. Mm-hmm. We know that that happens, don't we? Yes. Uh, we, we've been, we know of perhaps other other. Uh, religious organizations and other churches that seem very experience-driven. Yep. They want to make sure that you, know, you walk away feeling, feeling good about themselves and, and so on. Now listen, I guarantee you, Pastor Jet wants you to have a good experience coming to church. Sure. I mean, really, right? We want you, we want you to, to walk in those doors and feel welcome. Yeah. To walk in the doors and be, be welcomed by everyone and experience the fellowship and, and, and the, the warm atmosphere uh, to, to sing songs that, that, that honor God and have a good experience in church. But the most important thing is not manufacturing some experience and, and generating up some sort of a feeling. The main focus is, is God and his word. Yes. And worshiping God according to his word. Right. And so just as I believe Israel was, would have been at risk of doing that, and that's why God instructed Moses to give that warning, he wants them to remember God's word above all their potential experiences. That none of them would, would seek to, to, again, manufacture anything that they may have seen that day. Not a single one would have been able to do that. And it's a reminder to us that uh, our relationship with God is not based on a feeling. It's not based on an experience. My salvation is not based on, uh, again, how I, what, what I experienced the moment of salvation. It's based on trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior based on the, the gospel uh, that's preached from his word and I trust him and he is my Savior. Yeah. And it was a great experience. But you know what? Your salvation experience might be, might be quite different than mine in the sense of the circumstances surrounding that day, that moment in time. 
But if you're truly saved and born again, the experience is the same by believing the same gospel, the same Lord and Savior, and it's all the same. Uh, And I say that as an example. I I can remember perhaps growing up, and and I got saved when I was 14. There was a guy that I went to Bible college with who was saved a little bit later in life, but had lived just a very, very rough life uh, in in, in drugs and, and, and substance abuse and so on and just rough circumstances. But God, God, by his grace, saved him out of all those things. Gloriously saved. We heard about it tonight in the missionary letter. Gloriously saved and life changed. Yes. A new creation, right? Yes. And, I, and if, you know, I could perhaps look at that testimony and say, oh, well, God didn't save me out of that. My salvation, is, salvation experience is, is different. And, but in reality, as I was talking to this brother, you know, the, the Lord really kind of gave me one of those aha moments that, you know what? <laughs> I'm so grateful for what God did for that brother and saving him the way he did and bringing him out of that. And God's continuing to use him today. But I, th- but I believe the Lord showed me, like, you know what? God didn't save me out of that, but the same grace that saved him out of that is the, same, is the grace that saved me, kept me from it to begin with. That's good. And by God's grace, I never had to experience that hardship. Amen. By God's grace. And so, and bottom line is, we both are brothers in Christ because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for us. Yeah. And so it'd be behooves us to be careful that we wouldn't worry about trying to manufacture an experience or wonder, well, did I, did I experience it the right way? No, that's not the point. Right. And the same thing is true then for our, our sanctification and just our Christian life and our Christian growth. To not pursue uh, perhaps a, a manufactured experience, but rather make sure that we're grounded and true to the word of God that he gives us. Mm-hmm. And that was a reminder of Moses to the children of Israel there. And again, that's not to discount the fact that we, we do have some great experiences, right? I, some wonderful experiences in, in the Word of God. Wonderful special meetings, you know, missions conference, revival meetings. They can be wonderful experiences. But again, it's not a time of manufacturing the experience and focusing on recreating something. No, it's, it's a focus on the Word of God. Amen. So just a reminder for that in our lives there. And then secondly, I believe the Lord would want us to be reminded that, and actually this is very, very similar uh, to the first point, but but that we're to prioritize God's word over our personal interpretation or personal perspective, right. so to speak. Yep. And again, I mentioned, you know, you can imagine through the, the warning that Moses gave to them, any, any one of those pe- people from wherever they were on the mountain that day could have, could have claimed that they saw some sort of a similitude, some sort of an image, and, and try to, to try to make an image based on what they saw. And another guy making an image based on what he saw that day, and, and all these different types of images and so on, and from their, based on their personal perspective. And God says, no, 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 you all heard the same word. Focus on the word of God. Remember the word that God gave you that day. And not our own personal perspective of those things. And so the important reminder there. Then thirdly, to remember God's word and prioritize God's word over the influence of others, meaning the influence of other, other cultures and so on. I already alluded to it in, earlier that you know, they had already been guilty of the idolatrous act of, of creating that, that idol, uh, the golden calf. And we always, I think we recognize that, well, they probably most likely learned that from their time in Egypt. Right, having come out of Egypt and been exposed to all those things for all the 400 plus years that they were there, having never really had the opportunity to worship the one true God. And it's no wonder that Moses asked, well, God, well, who do I tell them sent me? Because <laughs> they don't even know who you are. They don't even know your name. And that's when God said, well, tell them I am hath sent me unto you. you know? yeah. And so all that they had known there was the, the Egyptian culture. And perhaps that's no doubt what was motivating their, their, their making of the golden calf. 
And so Moses here is reminding them. And of course, he's already given them the Ten Commandments once in Exodus 20. But reminding them here, you didn't see anything, any of those images. Basically what he's saying is all the things that we do, that we experience in the cultures around us, those pagan cultures, he's saying you didn't get that from God. Plain and simple is what he's really bringing out here, what our, our reminder is. You didn't get that from God. And oh, by the way, the land that you're getting ready to go into, the promised land with, the, with those pagan cultures, uh, you didn't get that from God either. So how is it that you're going to be guided through life, having come from Egypt, having wandered around into the wilderness for 40 years and going into this new territory? How is it that you're going to be able to navigate life and live life? It's, it's by remembering the word of God, Amen. by keeping it first and foremost yeah. in your life. And so we must understand that how we emphasize God's word even over those, those cultural influences. To be able to interpret everything through the word of God. Uh, the word of God is our lens for, for everything that we see and do, not vice versa. Right. And then last, the last main point here before we move on to the, kind of the closing set of points. It's always nice when you get the, the preacher's points and say, wait, you got a whole other set of points? <laughs> don't, don't, get, don't get nervous. We'll try to work through them, work through them quickly here. But the last one here is that we must prioritize God's word even over the observations of his own creation. Now, it sounds like a very unique point, but I think, look what he says in verse number 19. He's already given the warning against, you know, making a, a graven image of anything, any of, any of his created beings there. But look at verse number 19. He says, and lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven. And when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, should us be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. He's saying there, look, no matter where you are, no matter what nation you belong to, everyone has seen, had the opportunity to see the sun and the moon and stars. But what really jumped out to me on this verse is as if to say, take any influence off the table, right? Just the sun and the moon and the stars that exist because of his creation. He created them, of course. You might, our, our, our inclination would be, as, as in, our, in our sinful nature, would be to, to worship that. And I make this point, I believe an application here. We, we acknowledge that today, in this day and age in which we live, it seems as if sin and temptations of all different kinds are so accessible, right? They're just, they're just it seems as if they're more accessible than they ever have been. And we know that there are wicked generations in, in the, the, in, throughout, throughout history, uh, and I can't imagine living in some of those wicked cultures and, and, and sinful cultures and so on. But, but it seems today that sin is, and temptation is just so, again, it's at our fingertips, right? We all acknowledge that, that we can access sinful things even through our own phones that we just have on us all the time. Sure. Or, any other, you know, or just the, the culture around us, again, seeing it right there, the temptations that are there. But I believe what he's saying in verse number 19 or what we can learn from this is that take all that away. Okay, for, for, forget all those things. Our, our sin nature would, would cause us to even just look up at the sun and look up at the moon and the stars and think, huh, wow. And instead of seeing the glory of God in them, which we know that the heavens declare the glory of God, right? And the, the firmament showed this handiwork. We might be inclined to just to worship them in a, in a sinful way and, and, and neglect God and neglect his word. It's like what I'm saying is we don't, it's like we don't even need the accessibility of sin. We don't need the pervasive temptations around us to fall into sin without all of that we would still be inclined to sin against God by worshiping the sun moon and stars perhaps yeah. that, that just that just dumbfounds me and I think yeah it's, it's that's that's that's, that's true yeah. 
We would, as you know, because you, and we can go. We can take this and we can go to Psalm 19. I encourage you to do it on your own time, but and you're already familiar with it, no doubt. But yeah, the heavens declare the glory of God, and we can see the glory of God. But that's that's all it really shows is is His glory, which is phenomenal. We can't even handle all of His glory. But you get into verse seven of that chapter of that Psalm. He says, it's the law of the Lord that's perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. The heavens declare his glory, but we need the word of God. It's the law of the Lord that is perfect, converting the soul. It's, it's through the word of God that we know who God is, and we know of our sinful state, and we know of the gospel that saves us from our sin. And so Moses is reminding the people here, of all these things, to prioritize the word of God above all else, above, above what you experienced that day, to prioritize the word of God of, over your own personal perspective. You all heard the word of God, and that's what matters. Yeah. Remember the word of God. Amen. And so finally, the last, again, the last set of points, if you will, kind of shift gears, and we'll, uh, we're kind of on our descent right now, right? You got your, and you, every time you take a flight, you, you reach altitude, you're at cruising altitude. Okay, we've been at cruising altitude. Now you can feel your ears starting to, where you need to pop your ears, and we're, we're on the descent right now, okay? So when is it important to prioritize God's word? We talked about prioritizing above all else. Well, when is that important? Well, of course, the, the simple answer is, well, always, right? Always prioritize God's word above all else. But I think specifically, given the context here, it's a good reminder for us to prioritize God's word, especially uh, in times of transition, times of you know, tremendous decision-making, right? When you got some big decisions in life, or you got perhaps just new things that, that you're experiencing. Uh, the nation of Israel at this time, again, was moving from, they'd been in Egypt and had been in the, the wilderness wanderings, and now they're getting ready to go to the promised land, a big transition in their life. They're finally getting ready to go there pretty soon after we get through Deuteronomy and so on. They're going to they're finally go into the promised land. And they needed that one more reminder. Hey, before you go, don't, don't forget the word that, that God has given unto you. And we know that God gave that same exhortation to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. But when is it important to prioritize, word, prioritize God's word? Well, always, but especially when we have those big decision moments or times of transition, uh, drastic changes in our lives and so on. New leadership was pending. Moses is handing over to Joshua. And so the very foundation of their identity, I mean, having, having Moses led them all along, and nothing was going to change because God's word was the same. Amen. Through Moses to Joshua, from the wilderness to the, to the promised land, not, the, God's word would remain the same all the way through. And so for us in our lives, when, it is, when is it important? Yes, always, but especially during those, during those, uh, those benchmarks, if you will, throughout our life. Yeah, Remember the word of God. Go back to God's word for his wisdom, for his judgment, for his statutes, to know how to guide our lives. Who is involved in prioritizing God's word? Who, who needs this? Well, simple answer is everyone. Right. <laughs> Absolutely everyone. Yes, but he does give a specific uh, reference here in verse number 9 and 10 to passing along the word of God to the next generation, right? Mm. Verse number 9, he says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Unless they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. And then in the verse number 10, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. See, there would come a day when there would be a generation that had no clue what it was like to sit there at the mountain would have no clue what it must have been like to have experienced, yes, experienced the, the, what they saw and heard, 
But the most important thing for them to be reminded of, generation after generation, is the Word of God. To teach them to our sons and our sons' sons. And so, who's involved in prioritizing God's Word? Yes, everybody, but especially in passing the Word of God along to the next generation and the next generation. Teaching our children. Teaching the generation after us. And then, well, what is to be prioritized? What, what, what of God's word? What's the most important part? Well, the simple answer is all of it, of course. Uh, but primarily this, he does, he does refer to you know, teaching the word of God that they might learn to fear him. Well, that's an application to just simply knowing God. Fearing, fearing not being afraid of him, but fearing him, keeping him in awe. Yes. Keeping God, number one, God in his word. Right. Knowing him as our savior, but then just living a life that honors him then and fully following God uh, fully and faithfully through his covenant that, that he gave, the covenant, the Ten Commandments. It's amazing how the Ten Commandments, they, they truly do, they guide us throughout life. Uh, it, it, we see the, the template of the, the gospel there and, and, and the relationship with God and relationship with the rest of mankind and so much there. But that's, that's what's to be prioritized in is our relationship with God through his word. So then in closing, I just want to close with a, a few questions as we wrap this up. As you talked about prioritizing God's word above all else. Is to consider this. Is there any, any life experience that I value over God's word? Or are there things that we constantly pursue after, hoping to experience when God's word kind of like, yeah, we know it, but it's not really at the forefront guiding our life. We're pursuing, you know, what someone else might, might have told us about. We're, are, we, are, we, are we pursuing God through his word? Am I faithfully passing along the word of God to the next generation? Are there times when I neglect God's word due to the chaos of life, busy schedules, right? Due to, due to control, perhaps understanding there's some things I just don't want to submit to because I know it's in God's word, but I don't, it doesn't jive with me. I don't, I don't quite like it. Well, are we going to submit to God's word or not? Are we going to believe God's word or not? Due to confusion, sometimes we neglect God's word. We just, we're so busy with not knowing what to do, what that decision is, and, and unsure of what lies ahead. Well, evermore, that's why we need the word of God. Yeah. And so the final question I'd like to ask is just this. Will you give attention to the word of God more than ever before? Just understanding that Moses gave this, this reminder to the nation of Israel, and this is even before he gives the Ten Commandments again in Deuteronomy 5. But knowing that this reminder was so imperative for them to, to prioritize God's word above all else, it's the same, true, the same is true for us. And so I was, I was thinking about this and even preparing the message that, you know, there are... Bench, or, or decisions that we make in our Christian life and so on. And for example, uh, I mentioned giving earlier, but our you know, faith promise giving, perhaps on a yearly basis, you decide to, by faith, give a little more and, and see what God does with that to, to, to get the gospel around the world. But what about a decision of prioritizing God's word a little more than we have in the past? And I know it's a challenge for me as I say that. I think, yeah, Lord, there have been times in my life when the Word of God was, you know, how much time I spent in the Word of God, perhaps, or how many, how much I just read and studied and really dug in. And then there's times when, yeah, things got really busy, and 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 it was always there, but perhaps not as much as it should have been. And and the reminder and the question for you tonight is, can you and will you intentionally prioritize God's Word in your life? Pastor mentioned memorization over the weekend on on Sunday, but things like that, just to make that deliberate decision. God, I want to spend more time in Your Word. Maybe it's a Bible reading schedule of reading through the Bible a particular, uh, you know, on a, on a particular schedule to be more, just to be immersed in the Word of God on a, on a daily basis more than you ever have before. 
Whatever that might look like in your life, how God would lead you, I challenge you to consider that. Because Moses gave this reminder to Israel, and it's certainly uh, applicable for us tonight. And I pray that you would take that to heart tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, again, for the opportunity uh, to preach your word. And Lord, I trust that it was helpful. And again, Lord, I just know that as, as long as it's been on my heart, it's been a good reminder to me, Lord. And I just want to be sure that I'm pursuing you and your word above all else. Lord, I pray for the church tonight. Lord, I know and I'm grateful that this is a church that, that preaches the word of God. I'm so grateful for that, Lord. And I know that they hold your word in highest esteem. But even still, we all can still um, set your word even, even higher. Lord, you've, you've magnified your word above all your name. Lord, help us to remember that daily and that your word would guide us daily and that we would just fall in love with your word more than ever before. And I praise these things in Jesus' name. Amen.